Podcast Network Asia. You know, I grew up with uh, these movies being played in my grandmother's house, my mom reading me these stories, and I noticed that she would always avoid the book of Revelation. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a spook story, right? Like if you don't, if you don't behave, I will read to you what can happen to you. Pero sinabi ni Jesus dun sa night of Passover, I will not eat it again until it until. finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. So meron na namang until. I will not eat it again until the fulfillment. May magaganap na naman. It's the abil na, na naman fulfillment. It's okay. It's okay lang yun. At the time of the second time. We believe nasa time yun ang second time. So God will meet you where you are. So He beats you through that physical Eucharist that transforms when you consume it, it then becomes your spiritual food. Okay, I have a feeling we're going to talk about food today. Um, we do like to talk about food, but we actually have somebody who is from the food restaurant F&B industry. And um, let us first welcome everyone. Doritos, welcome to the Narrow Door podcast. We have, of course, Brother J. Paul Hernandez, who's lay preacher at the feast. Instructor Abby Sagan is here, instructor at New Heaven and New Earth, Shinshanji Church of Jesus. Tina Ryan, I'm Sam O. And joining us today is the man behind Ramen Yushoken, Mendokoro Ramen Ba, Kazunori, and Ramen Marudori. My good friend, Ryan K. Cruz is here. Hey, Ryan. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Love it already. Really? I like how like everyone is, you know, festive yes. and Christmassy and Ryan shows up wearing black. Like, I <laughs> didn't get the memo. <laughs> <laughs> but Merry Christmas, right? Merry Christmas. Just yeah. A- okay. Right, I have a confession. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've eaten at any of your restaurants, but now a very good reason to. Do you have any pet-friendly ones? De, wala na. Wala na. Sa, no. <laughs> Kasi ito yung date ko, Ryan. Eh. Meron oh, ba kayong pet-friendly branch? We do have outdoor spaces now, so that, that's... Yes! Okay. Nice, oh. nice. Hey, you know what? Yeah, let's let's talk about your restaurants. Um, I think any serious foodie in the metro would be familiar with your restaurants. J. Paul, Brother J. Paul here is a huge fan. Why don't you get the ball rolling, Brother J.? Yeah, um, I mean, I just, I'm a fan of Yushoken. It's the first, like, legit, for me at least personally, legit, like, ramen thing here in Manila. And then Mendocoro was near to the north. But yeah, I mean, like, I was telling Ryan earlier when he came in. So first lockdown last year, and six, six months after six months, our first date out, something like that, six, eight months. And I really begged my wife, can we have a date? in Mendocoro and she said yes we went at 2pm because that's when like people leave and it was still worth like all the heat because no aircon pa nun eh tas open yung pintuan so talagang ramdam na ramdam mo yung pawis ko nahuhulog sa ramen so parang sumasarap lalo <laughs> parang naging MSG but it was just really good like the gyoza still amazing and I'm not just like I'm a fan I mean I would love I would really pay for it because some people think well, it's just soup but no the the I cook, and the amount of the preparation of for everything for the re- the I mean at least Yushoken and Mendokoro is just like top notch for me. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. I think I think Yushoken and Mendokoro, um, you you really have a reputation of legit, I think is the word that comes to mind most. Like you do it legit. I know that you've you you flew in your chefs from Japan and everything. Like, I mean, you know, briefly, Whoa. can you take us through the journey of like how your ramen restaurants were birthed in the Philippines? Oh my, how much time do I have? Do I have two hours? <laughs> no, so okay. Um I used to eat in a ramen place uh, around the around Makati, and out of courtesy, I will not name what it uh, what it is. Um, it happened about 13 years ago, and it was when Foursquare was uh, first appearing on our smartphones, where it sort of changed the landscape of behavior for people because now you can uh, you can now tag your location and you can post uh, what you are having for your meal. And as, as someone who's not really an early adopter of these of, of these things, especially like social media, I just found it strange. Why 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 do I, why am I seeing Cisig and Tapsilog on my on my smartphone, right? And uh, but it was because of this that I I discovered the ramen place, and you know this is the part of the story where I'm a bit hesitant to share because it can sound pompous or a bit arrogant, but. The place was quite popular during its time, and I never really thought it was any good. Um, and, and now you can see why <laughs> I hesitate uh, in, in sharing that part of the story. So I just thought that it would be great if I could bring anyone and maybe the top 50 uh, joints uh, uh, in, in Japan. And I did a ramen tour, and every time I was blown away. Uh, I talked to my brother-in-law, uh, maybe convincing a chef. He thought it was a bad idea. Um, he said no uh, successful, self-respecting uh, Japanese chef would set up shop in a third world country. <laughs> He's Filipino, oh. don't worry about it. <laughs> but uh, as fate would have it, he met a businessman who was at the time one of the most prolific uh, figures in the industry. He owned, he owned about 426 restaurants at the time. And, yeah, and he claimed that he knew the best chefs. And uh, if you if you ever uh, figure out what, or ever, ever ask our staff what ramen yushoken means. Yushoken means house of ramen champions because we have three ramen champions in our roster. One of them, his name is the ramen god. One, one guy, he's not the biological son, but he's called the, the son of the ramen god. And we have, have another ramen, ramen champion as well. And if you wonder how can these be, how can these guys be called ramen champions is because they actually have competitions and they have a, a book <laughs> or there's an index, a ranking index uh, of uh, in, in terms of their skill and popularity. Um, and just one one last thing. When people tell me that, uh, when they come up to me and they tell me, hey, you know, we've removed ramen from our food itineraries in Japan because when we try a new place, we end up preferring yours more. And of course, uh, that's so heartwarming to hear. And I thank them and I tell them how much I appreciate it. Uh, but I also tell them a story. And this is, uh, this is what I'm about to share with you guys. But if you Google the word ramen heads, you know, like, like motorhead or gearhead someone's mm. crazy about ramen it's about a guy named osamu tomita where i when saw I, that is that on netflix uh i'm not sure i had to download it uh yeah. like, like version so uh when i when i visited his shop with my family in 2016 there was about a three and a half hour line and i heard after the wow. movie it exploded to about five and a half hours so that guy is a current and multiple ramen champion so that guy and the guy that he beat, his name is Mita, Mita, son of Rock Corincha, where if you if you search for it in YouTube, it's everyone from Tony Bourdain to David Chang eating there, where there's a line for a line. That's how crazy it is. So those two guys are the apprentices of our chef. So now the, the last thing I'll say is, you know, when you do business, uh, there, there's a, you, you go through a lot of difficulty and strife and you'll get, uh, you'll get lucky in very few things. This is one of those things uh, where I got lucky. 
And so it's up to us, the re responsibility and the pressures up to us to make sure that we carry out their full potential all the time for our customers. Wow. Oh, mama, wow. I got to level up my ramen game. <laughs> I know. Insta Abby, are you my ramen? Hanggang since ramen lang ako, right? How can you say that around Ryan? That is offensive. <laughs> no, I think tomorrow I'm gonna want to. I, I think I want to go there tomorrow. Try lang, it I just wanna ang galing lang because you know restaurants. Ang dali kasi mo. I mean, the restaurant business is the one of the hardest business ever industries to get. I mean, for you know to be successful, like longevity. Galeng, yeah. galeng. It takes a uh, somebody that really cares about the product, the customer, the every the whole experience. Eh? So yeah, kudos, kudos. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, yes, restaurant industry is is as Brother Jay Paul said, it's a very difficult industry to be successful at, and to be successful at the way you have been successful. I mean, you know, you've. I'm I'm very proud of you as a friend. You know, um, I when I hear about your restaurants, really the first thing that I hear about is just the long lines, how people have to line up, but they will just to get that bowl of ramen. But, you know, this pandemic, right? I think the restaurant industry has been one of the hardest hit by it. How has this experience been like for you? You know, um, the the uh, this pandemic uh, resembled an almost Darwinian extinction event for the industry. So if you were on the fringes of profitability or if you were fragile before COVID hit, I mean, you just got crushed. I mean, even the best restaurants were only operating at 10% margin. And when I mean 10%, it's 10%. Meaning if you if you pay 500 bucks uh, in a restaurant for a, for, for a meal, the restaurant's only getting 50, 50 pesos in profit. I mean, the, the margins are so thin. So it's it's been quite difficult. And, you know, um, I've, I have uh, struggled and, and fought with every fiber of my being in the nine years that I've been doing business here uh, because we have come close to temporarily closing the restaurants because of a host of problems. You know, there are always problems. The inside joke in operations is that if there's no problem, that means it's about to come. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine how we felt when we were forced down to, when we were forced to close our stores. And, you know, in the first two days, I just, I'm here in my office now and I just closed the door and I wrote a letter to, to my senior managers. I said, Hey, um, at, at least we can finally catch our breath. Uh, we can do all the things that we, we wanted to do, but we never had time. And let's make sure that we always manage the crisis in a clear and compassionate manner because companies who do that will always end up creating more value for the companies in the long run. And, and you know, we actually pivoted ahead of everyone. Uh, and we came out with, with the, our take-home kits in nine days. In March 26, we already had it, right? Oh. And this, this, is, this even holds a lot more meaning if you know our story because we don't allow takeouts. We had no structure for it. So it's not like we came from a, from, from a five to an eight. We came from a negative 10 to, to an eight, right? And, um, you know, we, we did a lot of, we, we had to adapt a lot of times. We had to pivot a lot of times. We had the food truck recently. And when people would ask me if we're open, when businesses were allowed to reopen, it's, it's funny because the minute the government allows us, we're there. And we plan it in a way where it's not half-baked. Right now, uh, you're asking me what it meant to me. I'm actually grateful for everything that happened because nothing galvanizes a team like a hard crisis. And you never really know how strong your teams are until you go through hardship. And this really showed me uh, the, the one thing that we've been working on, which is our culture. Mm. I, you know, aside from just the 
success, just, you know, this mega popularity of your restaurants. I think the thing that I love most about the way you run your business is that you treat your employees like their family. And it's no surprise when you look at the numbers, you know, you guys have the lowest turnover rates in the F&B industry um, and across some other industries as well. Can you tell us a little about maybe the principles that you hold on to when you work with your team? Yeah. Okay. So um, where do I even start? So <laughs> there, when, when you talk about focusing on a high performance culture, number one, it's something that is ground in values. Right. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of companies have these operations manuals, kitchen standard manuals, and but very few, very few entities write uh, a manual on on behavior. Like, where do you draw the line? Like, if, if this person is behaving in a certain way, when do I know whether to let this person go? So uh, we make it very clear to them that, look, number one. Um, we run on a meritocracy and it doesn't matter whether, you know, what province you're from. Uh, we, it, it doesn't matter what, what, uh, what gender you are, because sometimes people can, can define themselves according to their past. Oh, I'm from Mindanao and, you know, people in Mindanao don't make it big in Metro Manila. Oh, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, and therefore I cannot, right? So uh, we, we really make it clear to people that, hey, you know, what's stopping you? Uh, we have an open roadmap in this company where, uh, we also have a principle of what, what you call a team mindset, where the welfare of the team is more important than the welfare of any individual. And that includes me. Wow. So we tell them that, look, if you want to replace me, go ahead. What's stopping you? There's nothing stopping you. Don't let your past define, define who you are. The one person that you have to be loyal to is the person that you want to become. So, you know, we, you know the one thing that people don't realize is that when confidence is, is almost everything, right? And confidence is not really... It's not really internal. I can't. I can't tell you. Hey, you know, Sam, you have to be more confident when you when you when when we work together in the office. It's not something where you go out. You know, you go in some beach in, in Cebu, and when you come back, hey, you know, I'm confident. You know, confidence is external. Uh, it, it it comes from your. It comes from the team around you. It, it, it comes from the, the people's belief in you. So. We have a number of these principles. I, I know I don't have enough time to talk about this. Uh, our core values are very important as well. And I've codified them so that it's easy to remember. So one is uh, positive attitude. It's, uh, it's the four E's. It's enthusiastic, engaged, uh, evolving, and um, empathetic. Mm, wow. and, we really hold, and we really hold people to this. Because uh, just, just one last thing, your standards are not really what you say uh, they are. Your standards are what you tolerate. Oh. Food for thought. Isn't that <laughs> a perfect expression for this? Food for thought, guys. No, um, I, I do have a question, though, because you have Yushoken, you have Mendokoro Ramen Ba, and then you have Ramen Maruduri. So, like, why? what's up with the three different kinds of ramen restaurants? Are they different? Oh, okay. So... Ramen Yushuken and Maradori are essentially selling the same product. So to answer to answer the question earlier, um, the difference is in the format. We wanted to manage people's expectations. So the, the broth is actually cooked in the same place. Now, um, I'm glad that there is a difference that is being noticed because when there's a difference, when there's a, you know, a fine difference that changes every day, that actually means that the broth is fresh. Because the only way to make perfectly consistent broth is if you add... Uh, stabilizers and preservatives and additives. So uh, that's the reason why the experience can change at a certain time. It's but it's uh, it's not an excuse. It's our job. It's the job of our 
our cooks to make sure we pull it to a certain level that people expects uh, people expects expects us to have. Now, um, Ramen Yushuken is a full service format where you can have, you know, chairs and tables. Uh, you can have a conversation with your family. Mendokoro is a bar format. So if I went in with you and, you know, we're, we're talking business, we might not be even be able to sit next to each other. So maybe we end up sitting across each other in the bar. And if it's our first time, I'll be like, mm, yeah, it's good, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> I'll have to signal you across, across the bar. Uh, Maradori is a concept that we're about to launch. It's launching in, in, a, in a few weeks. Um, mm. And it's uh, this time it's chicken ramen instead of uh, being pork-based. Okay. All right. Okay. Yes. Before our Doritos <laughs> think that we are reformatting to, yeah. you know, food, food for podcast the soul. or, or food for my, the soul. you know, business talk podcast, inviting successful <laughs> businessmen and looking into the minds of, you know, okay, we're still doing our Road to Revelation series. You mentioned the ramen god earlier, right? Well, we're going to switch gears big time and go to the god of the Christian Bible. I know that you grew up Catholic. Um, what are your thoughts on the Bible? Because that's what we are going deep into in this series. Oh, well, uh, the, the Bible I know is something that people regard to as their North Star. You know? it's, it's something that uh, can, can teach you a lot of things, no matter what age you're in, no matter what stage your life uh, your, your, the stage of your life are in. So it's something that, uh, as we all know, can be, can, de- can be interpreted in a number of ways, but can, have, can still have a lot of meaning depending on what you're looking for in a particular time of your life. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I know the immense value that it has on a lot of people. Uh, and it's something that people just, uh, just have as a guide uh, for mm-hmm. even their decision-making. And then when you hear, you know, things like the book of Revelation, particularly, or second coming, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Because that's kind of what we're discerning right now on the show. Yeah, you know, um, I grew up with uh, these movies being played in my grandmother's house, my mom reading me these stories, and I noticed that she would always avoid the book of Revelation. Uh, I guess <laughs> yeah. it's almost like a it's almost like a spook story, right? Like if you don't if you don't behave, I will read to you what can happen to you, right? It's, it's sort of like that. So um, I I've always known it to be um, uh, a, a scary part of the Bible, uh, something mm. something where it's something that should remind you of how fragile you are, how fragile life is, because anything can just be taken from you at any time. Right, right. Okay, cool. That is not an uncommon answer. And so with that, I think um, we can kind of give you a little background on what we are doing, right? So New Heaven and New Earth, one of the churches on this podcast, they are currently testifying about the book of Revelation. They are, their stance is that the prophecies in this book are fulfilling and that they have an understanding that was given to the pastor of their church. His name is Chairman Lee. And it's a process. So we're going to have to break down some of the language that we see in the book of Revelation because their stance is that this is figurative, the language, right? They're called parables. And so we've been having a series of conversations just on the parables. Today, we're doing the parables of flesh and blood. So we invited you over today because we wanted you to just hang out, you know, sit down, hang out, listen to what Insta Abby here has to say about flesh and blood, what it means in the Bible and how it now figures in the book of Revelation. So are you ready to do that, Rai? 
All right, thumbs up, people on Spotify. All right, it's Abby, Flesh and Blood. Take it away! <laughs> Good introduction from Sir Ryan about ramen because we're now going to eat the flesh and blood of the land. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are doing this series not just to have knowledge, not just to compare our teaching from anybody else or even to find faults. Nope. But to actually have a clear picture of what God desires for us, to know exactly His plans and His will at the time of the end, and of course to create our hearts, our spirits, our mindsets according to His image and likeness. Yes. From our previous episode, we discussed about figurative beast, head, horn, and tail. At nakita natin doon that there are three different group of groups of animals. In the Bible, betrayers, destroyers, <clears throat> and the saviors group. And now we're going to focus on the lamb today. Because mm-hmm. it's actually something very profound within the scriptures. But honestly, it has everything to do not just at the time of the first coming, but also at the time of the second coming. Where this concept about the flesh and blood of the Bible comes from. Do you remember any specific event in the Bible concerning flesh and blood? Do you, Rai, remember flesh and blood in the Bible? Christ? Um, <laughs> yung ano, yung Last Supper ba yun? Last Supper? Earlier pa doon. Oh, man. Brother G! Go, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. And Stabby. Okay. Oh. The Passover event in the Old oh. Testament. Kailala niyo yun? Kailan to nangyari? 3,500 years ago. That's when the actual event took place. It's 1,500 years when the chosen people left Egypt before Jesus came. So let's look at the story of the Passover. Kaya yun yung background to. Ayun pala yun. So, eto yung story behind doon. For so many years, ang chosen people ay naging alipin or under captivity sila ng Egypt. And according to the covenant na binigay ng Diyos kay Abraham, ibibigay niya sa kanyang descendants ang promised land, ito yung kinaan. And approximately 400 years later, tinupad ito ng Diyos through Moses. So God chose Moses and asked him to deliver the people out from Egypt. But it was not easy. Ten plagues were sent to the land of Egypt. And the last one was the plague of the firstborn. Kasi papatayin, may angel of death na darating at lahat ng panganay mamamatay. Mamatay. And God gave specific instructions paano sila makakaligtas sa salot ninyo. In Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 to 14, since medyo mahaba tong verses na to, so isa-isahin ko na lang. Sinabi doon, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. And then the animals you choose must be a year-old males without defect. Kinakailangan walang defect or kahit na anong kapansanan. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they are going to eat the lambs. So ganun yung kailangan nilang gawin. That same night, They are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and bread without yeast. So hindi sila pwedeng 
maglaga, lagain, o i-boil, or prituhin yung meat, it should be roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs. Sinabi doon, do not leave any of it till morning. And if some is left till morning, you must burn it. And this is how you are to eat it. So meron pang instruction, how are they going to eat? Sinabi, with your clock tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your stuff in your hand. Eat in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Kung baga, para even yung attire, paano yung nakakainin? And imagine, holding the, stuff, yes, holding the stuff in your hand habang kumakain at dapat mabilis pa. I don't know kung, gan, kung paano nila yun ginawa. And another thing, sabi ng Diyos, On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. So para saan yung blood? Sinabi ng Panginoon, The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. And I think until now, sinicelebrate ito ng mga, ng mga Hudyo. So one thing na makikita natin sa ating just when He is giving instructions and commands, detalyado. Every single of it ay kinakailangang sundin ng mga Israelites. At that time, whoever obeys it, he will be saved. At sino naman ang hindi susunod dito, it doesn't matter whether Israelites, Israelites man yan or Egyptians, lahat ng panganay sa loob ng bahay ay mamamatay. Kasi yung magiging sign ay yung blood. So imagine, if at that night, I refuse to put the blood on the door frames, you think what will happen to me? The firstborn will die in Stabi. Yes, if I am the firstborn, you will die. You will die. Yeah. An important thing, we need to know what exactly God desires and act upon it. So there are things or certain things that have to be in place for the Passover event takes place actually. First, God's people have to be in a state of captivity. Otherwise, there's no Passover necessary. Kasi nung time na yung kailangan nilang pumalis sa Egypt para pumunta sa promised land. Pangalawa, you have an enemy to overcome. So for so many years, sino yung nang-aalitin sa kanila? Sino yung kalaban nila? The Pharaoh. Third, you need the flesh and blood of the Lamb. Because that was necessary to survive and cross over from death to life. So without the blood, dun sa pintuan, mamamatay lahat ng panganay. And last, you need someone who knows the truth. So the time of the Old Testament, nung panahon ng Egypt, who had the truth? Who, who told them what God wanted? Sino nakakaalam? Moses? Yes, it was Moses. God showed him what he needed to know and he told to the people and they have to follow it. So lahat ng yon actual na event na nangyari. 1,500 years before dumating ang Panginoong Yesus. At ang event na yon ay kailangan nilang alalahanin or gawin year after year after year. And they had to kill animals as sin offering. So can you think of kung gaano karaming hayop yung pinatay nila for 1,500 years? 
mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. So every time na nagkakasala sila, kailangan pumatay ng hayop. And remember, God is also using events to give His plan and prophecy for the future. Meaning, the lamb itself has deep spiritual understanding as well as the flesh and blood. So first, let's see what is figurative lamb. Isaiah chapter 53 verses 1 to 8, there's a prophecy about a lamb that was, that was led to the slaughter. And he was described as someone who had no beauty, no, no majesty to attract, nothing in his appearance that he should desire him. As inabidon, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering. Sino kayong tinutukoy sa prophecy na yun? Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Jesus. It's easy for us to say that because the fulfillment, the fulfillment already came 2,000 years ago. Because when the fulfillment comes, we can see clearly kung anong ibig sabihin ng prophecy. But for 700 years, kasi sa time na Isaiah hanggang sa time na dumating si Jesus, 700 years yung pagitan. So, nung binigay ng Diyos yung prophecy kay Isaiah, if we are living at that time at binabasa natin yun, mauunawaan kayo natin na si Jesus yun eh hindi naman na-mention si Jesus sa loob ng Old Testament. Maybe we can think of somebody else in the past. Kasi tingnan natin, dun sa prophecy, gumamit ng past tense. Sinabi na, he was led, he did this, he did not open his mouth, he was rejected, he was despised. But actually, this is a prophecy, something na mangyayari in the future. It's a prophecy for 700 years in the future. And it says, He took up our pain and bore our suffering. He was beaten for our iniquities. He was pierced for our transgressions. And He had no beauty or majesty. So according to prophecy, He was dead like a lamb and is silent. And He did not open His mouth. Bakit kaya? Because he knew that it was his destiny. There was a prophecy he had to fulfill. And Jesus was likened to an obedient lamb. Even si John the Baptist, tinestify din niya in John chapter 1, verse 29, Jesus was referred to a lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Because from the past, the lamb was used to sacrifice to take away the sin of the people. Though it wasn't truly cleansing your sin, we can find it in Hebrews chapter 10. But Jesus, He was the one who is meant to be the true sacrifice. So this is very, this is a very special one. Kasi sinabi ng Diyos, it is a lasting ordinance. So ano ibig sabihin ng lasting ordinance? Something that you have to observe for a yes. long time. Yes, it means... You're gonna keep it going. Kinakailangan gagawin mo siya. It's almost like a blanket order. A blanket mm. order. So everyone has to follow this. Uh, yes. So, right. I mean, I, I don't know. Because for me, before we really started talking about the Bible on this podcast, I think this idea of the Bible being a book of prophecy, among other things, was like new to me. Right, but I think from our conversations here, it became clearer that yes, there's. I mean, there's different kinds of like there's moral teaching, right? And then we see history in the Bible, but yeah, there we also see prophecy. Like, are any of these things 
you know, have you ever heard these things before? Yeah, uh, that's such an interesting question because usually you look at it as a narrative, right? Yeah. You you look at it as, again, as I mentioned earlier, something where you find a story that might be able to relate a point in your life and you see how it guides your principles. Mm uh, but you can see that in in between, you know, certain stories and certain pages, there are snippets of prophecies, even even in books that are not necessarily known as uh, prophetic uh, in yes. itself. Yes, and that's what I find so interesting. You know, they always seem to intertwine stories in the Bible, uh, which you know, which really makes you think of what's about to come. Right, right, and I think what we're seeing here through our discussions is again this word pops up once in a while is that there's a foreshadowing in the Old Testament of Mm -hmm. what will happen in the New Testament. And I guess to this day, I mean, you know, I guess we're trying to figure out like how do these things apply to our lives now as believers? But anyway, please go ahead. Yes, lasting ordinance meaning all followers, all believers, you have to observe this. Yes. And why? Why would God want them to keep it going? What is the purpose of that? To make them remember. So, kinakailangan alalahanin nila yun. Yes. Remember. Why? Because God wants to use it again in the future. For example, sacrificing animals for 1,500 years, 1,500 years, they have to keep it going for them to remind na kapag dumating yung talagang lamb na isa-sacrifice which is ang Panginoon Jesus, then maaalala nila, ah, kaya pala. So, kailangan ma-recognize nila na yung ginagawa nila merong purpose. Okay po? So, that event of the Passover, that particular lamb became very important, which is why Paul, Apostle Paul, called him as the Passover lamb in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Sinabi, Jesus is the Passover lamb. Okay, Sa mahabang panahon, they ate the physical lamb. But at the time when Jesus came, do you think they still need the physical lamb that time? Because you're asking, no. Yes. No, it's Jesus. He is that Passover lamb. That is why Christians today, we don't eat that Passover meal. I mean, the literal flesh and blood of the lamb. Of course, pwede naman natin gawin. Okay lang naman yun. Pwede tayong kumain. But the understanding becomes deeper. Kasi naintindihan natin na si Jesus yung reality nun. Because that was just a copy and shadow that became a reality. In Hebrews chapter eight, ay chapter 9, rather, verses 9 and 10, sinabi na ito ay isang illustration lamang or external regulation applying until the time of the new order. So Jesus was that figurative lamb. But how about the flesh and blood of the lamb? Anong ibig sabihin naman ito? John chapter 6, verses 53 to 58, Jesus said, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I am the true bread that came from heaven. My flesh is the real food and my blood is the real drink. Counting background, when Jesus said this, gumawa siya ng miracle feeding 5,000 men gamit yung five loaves of bread and two fish. Actually, kung titignan natin, hindi lang siya 5,000 yung mga tao kasi pag nagbibilang kasi yung mga hudyo, kalalakihan lang, around 20 to 40 years old. Fine men. 
So, hindi pa sa kasama sa 5,000 ang mga babae, matatanda at mga bata. Pero ibig sabihin, napakarami. Libo-libo yung kumain gamit yung limang tinapay at dalawang isda. And then after nun, nagturo si Jesus. Actually, this is what Jesus keeps on doing. Like, nagbi-miracle siya. At pagkatapos, when people uh, drew closer to Him, then mag-testify siya ng salita ng Diyos. Mga ngaral siya. So, tingnan natin. Meaning, people have to eat the flesh of Jesus, and drink His blood. Isn't it? Hindi yung ibig sabihin Jesus. Kakainin siya at iinumin yung dugo niya. Pero kailangan natin makita what God is doing to creation. He is helping us to understand the spiritual things. Why blood is used here figuratively? Bakit yung dugo? Kasi last time, di ba, seed, um, ano pa, bowl, Um, fire, mga pinag-aralan natin uh, sa previous episodes. But now, bakit blood? Do you have any idea? Bakit blood kaya? Any idea? Uh, to remind us of our, you know, how our morality and our limitations and our physical being and the spirituality being a higher level? Yes. That's can be. Very good. Wow, right? Oh, wow. Palingkara. I did my work for the day. <laughs> Bakit blood? In Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, life is in the blood that makes atonement for one's life. So, ibig sabihin, blood represents life. But we know this is not the true sacrifice that can give atonement of sin. God is very clear about that in the New Testament. But God used it to prophesy about Jesus in the future. And He is the one who has the true blood to offer salvation and eternal life. Yes, yeah, so it's about spirituality, katulad ng sinabi niyo po. Pero sinabi, you have to drink that blood because there is life within the blood. Pero saan ba natin makukuha yung buhay na ginugusto ng Diyos? According to John chapter 1 verses 1 to 4, within the word there is life. Within the word of God there is life. Why? Because Jesus is the word that became flesh. Jesus is the word of life. 1 John chapter 1. Now when he comes, he is called the lamb of God. But but why he is the lamb of God? Because he has he has a very specific purpose which is to be that sacrifice But that special sacrifice is meant for Passover. So you have you need the flesh and blood of Jesus in order to have Passover. Para sa yung Passover, crossing from death to life. Pero kailangan you have to eat the flesh, not just some parts, but you have to eat everything. According to Exodus, nung kinain nila yung lamb, even the internal organs they have to eat everything. At may isa pa doon kuman ng Diyos, kinakailangan walang mabaling kahit na anong buto. Yun yung command ng ating Diyos. At isa pa, then take the blood and put on the doorpost. And then, sinabi doon, yun yung maging sign for the angel of death to pass over you. So basically, you are living death and coming to life. So God says, life is in the blood. Yes, physically, that is true. But how about spiritually? We have life in our physical body, but we also have spirit. So physically, physically, God provides physical things we need to live, like the sun, the air, the rain, the food that we eat. Pero paano yung spiritual natin? 
God also provides the spiritual things that we need to live. And there's no, there's no physical blood that can create our spirit para ito'y mabuhay, but there is spiritual blood, the food of life. In, Je- in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, sinabi ni Jesus, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So sana nagmumula yung buhay sa salita ng Diyos. So it says also, when your words came, I ate them. And Jesus said, I give them the words you gave me. Then he says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. So ano yung ginugusto ni Jesus? Nakainin nila. Was it his phys- physical body and his blood? So let's tie all these together. Jesus was the word that became flesh. Therefore, his flesh and blood are his words. Jesus was the word that became flesh, meaning the prophecy is being fulfilled. Hindi na lang siya word of promise, pero nagkaroon siya ng fulfillment. It's like the word that became flesh. And once you learn the fulfillment, you are like feasting on the word. John chapter 6, verse 63, after sabihin ni Jesus lahat ng yon, sinabi niya, The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. So it's not about the flesh. Pero sinabi niya, the words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. So it's not the flesh that he was talking about. It's about the words na kanyang itinuturo sa mga tao. Sa tingin natin, naintindihan kaya ng mga hudyo nung time na yon? No, that's why they left hmm. him in the right? <laughs> Verse 66, sinabi din, From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Pakalungkot, no? After feeding them, after makita nila yung hat ng miracles ni Jesus, pero ay, ang hirap intindihin ang sinabi ni Jesus. Nakakain lang instaabi, you know? <laughs> Pagkakain, umalhes. Pero hindi din na naintindihan. Verse 67, medyo emote dito si Jesus, eh. Sabi niya, kasi may naiwan. Sino kaya yung naiwan? The, the 12 disciples. Yes. Among the thousands of people, naiwan yung 12. At sabi ni Jesus, you do not want to leave me too? Do you? Pero anong sabi ni Peter, one of the 12? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So Peter didn't say, I am waiting for you to die, my Lord, so I can eat your flesh. So Peter and the disciples understood what Jesus meant when he said, eat my flesh. Ano sabi ni Peter? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So eating the flesh and the blood of Jesus at that time is eating the words of Jesus. And last, what is meant to put the blood on the doorpost? If the blood is the words of Jesus that give life, what is the door? Yung pintuan. In Revelation chapter 3, figurative door, figurative door is referring to a person's heart where Jesus knocks at. So di ba nag-make sense kung yung blood is word at yung blood kailangan ilagay sa pintuan, then yung pintuan, yung puso ko, meaning the word of God ay kinakailangan ilagay sa ating mga puso. And that is how we can pass over from death to life. So we have to understand that God's people At the time of the first coming then, they were in the state of captivity. Paano sila naging nasa state of captivity? They were not literally captured by anyone, but spiritually. 
Jesus said to them, mayroong conversation in John chapter 8, and in verse 32, sabi ni Jesus, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The chosen people didn't understand it. Kasi, teka Lord, hindi kami alipin. We're free. Paano mo, eh, di Lord, sinabi, hindi pa nila kinikilala si Jesus as Lord, pero, teka, hindi kami nakabilanggo. We're free. We're not slave. Pero hindi na naiintindihan na ang ibig sabihin ni Jesus, in spiritual, sila ay in captivity. Papano? Because at that time, they were afraid sa mga leaders. Nung panahon na yon. John chapter 9, they cannot believe and accept Jesus because of their fear sa kanilang mga leaders. So they are in the state of captivity? Yes, spiritually. spiritually. So anong kailangan nila para mapanaya sila? They needed the flesh and blood of the Lamb. And thus, they needed someone who knows the truth. Diba may, merong four certain things na kailangan para mag-pass over? So, they are in the state of pag-activity. Merong enemy to overcome, to fight and overcome. At kinakailangan ng flesh and blood. And last, there is someone who knows the truth. So, who has the truth at that time? Jesus. Jesus. So, that's how the Passover event took place at that <clears throat> time. So, bakit kailangan nakasuot ng sinabi, cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, stuff in your hand, meaning get ready to leave. Kailangan nilang umalis nung time ng Exodus. So, when the Passover event happens, you have to leave. At that time, they have to go to Jesus. Because si Jesus yung my truth, and that is crossing over from death to life. And that's reference, John 5.24, sinabi ni Jesus, Very truly I tell you, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. So the lamb, the flesh, and blood I figuratively ginamit para tukuyin ang Panginoong Yesus at ang salita na meron siya. All right. So yeah, this is how it goes, right? On the show, no? We have Insta Abby who will share with us, yeah, their understanding on the certain parable. But do you have any questions? Yeah, I have a question. Yeah. yeah. So um, other than the symbolism of, of the lamb being sacrificed, um, why, why is it always the choice? Is it because, you know, you mentioned something about the lamb being a spiritual animal, but is there a reason why? Is it because it's considered the cleanest of all animals? Um. One thing, lamb, uh, one of the characteristics of lamb is very obedient. And he is meek. And he knows the voice of his shepherd. Oh, yes. I see. Like being together with other lambs or sheep. Yeah, that's one of the characteristics of the, the lamb or sheep. Mm, I think, yeah, that's the formula that we see with the parables is we'll always start off with the physical characteristics of it. And then we go into, okay, how does now this convey the spiritual meaning that God wanted us to understand? Um, because he spoke this way, at least according to the understanding of new heaven and new earth. Um, I, I can see what the value of uh, doing the regular practice, otherwise you can't forget it. Uh, the need to remind yourself and build a habit because that's that's a way where you can ensure that it will transcend generations. Yes. Right, right. 
I feel like if Burns was here, he would have had something to say about, like, say, the Eucharist, right? Because this is kind of now where the practice, the Catholic teaching on Eucharist and the practice mm. on the Eucharist, like, it comes from this flesh and blood, right? Even the references that we talked about right now, like John chapter 6, that's where the Catholic understanding comes from. Diba, Brother Jay? Yep. yep. Yeah. John chapter 6. Uh-uh, uh-uh. And... I mean, you know, like from the conversations that we've had on this subject, because I think there are some times where Insta Abbey burns kind of maybe don't see eye to eye on this. And I was thinking about this um, not too long ago, and I feel like it's because it's not really about whether this practice is wrong or correct, but it's more like, is it now time for this new order? Because you guys are talking about the second coming now in Stabi, right? So it's not that this practice or understanding is wrong, but I think the question is more like, is it time for us now to move on to the, the next thing? Am I, do you, would, you think that, would you say that's correct? Yes. According to Hebrews chapter 9, verses 9 and 10, there is a new order that is given to Pero, yeah, katulad ng sinabi mo, it's okay naman na gawin yun. Kasi, explain natin ng maayos. At the night of Passover, in Luke chapter 22, verses 14 to 20, ito yung gabi before mamatay si Jesus. And he was having supper with the disciples. And Jesus was using his flesh and blood once again. Jesus calls himself bread from heaven and he says that the blood was actually the wine. The wine. And what is the wine? Jesus calls himself also as the true vine. Specifically, it's a grape tree. Sa Tagalog, puno ng ubas, which makes that wine. So it's the word that flows from within him. Then he says, do this in remembrance of me. So in remembrance just like the Passover meal, it was in remembrance. So Eucharist is part of our life of faith. And I want to clarify that we are not against it. It plays an important role sa bagong tipan or sa New Testament na iniwan ng Panginoong Jesus. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, parang ganito din. When Jesus came, since His teaching was kind of new sa pandinig ng mga tao, new teaching. So they were thinking that Jesus was breaking the law. Yun yung tingin nila. But Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17, I have come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Kasi kung sa lumang tipan, yung understanding nila is all physical, literal. Pero dumating si Jesus, it's very spiritual. At hindi yun binibreak ni Jesus. Tinutupad lang niya. And according you... to... Yes? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, I just said, kasi he, he's not there to abolish. Binibigyan niya ng katuparan. Yes, uh-huh. fulfillment. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So according to the scriptures, we do this in remembrance of our Lord Jesus Christ, proclaiming His death until He comes. Yun yung nakalagay sa 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26. Sinabi doon, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. 
So the word until is very important because there is a certain time na gagawin natin yung pagkain ng bread at pag-inom ng alak. And it was command, commanded by Jesus, kaya tama lang yun. At para saan ba talaga yun? We are remembering the event of Jesus' death. Bakit kailangan natin alalahanin? What has to come again? Passover. So the Passover has to come again. And what you need for the Passover? The flesh and blood of the Lamb. That's why sinabi, this is a lasting ordinance. At kapag sinabi ng Diyos na lasting ordinance, all the chosen people, kinakailangan gawin yun. At hindi yun kalimutan. Pero sinabi ni Jesus dun sa night of Passover, I will not eat it again until it until. finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. So meron na namang until. I will not eat it again until the fulfillment. May magaganap na naman. It's the abil na, na nga yun. So, Kellen. <laughs> so, Kellen yun. At the time of the second coming. You believe na sa time yun ang second coming. So, Jesus explained the real food and the real drink in John chapter 6. It is His words. And from Jesus' mouth, sinabi niya, there is a time where we can eat again the Passover meal. Kailan? When fulfillment comes. Then, now, Why we need to remember the Passover for the past 2,000 years ago? Because it will happen again. Jesus said, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover meal with you, but I will not until magkaroon ng fulfillment. So meaning, that Passover meal was a prophecy. Bakit? Kasi magkakaroon ng fulfillment. As sinabi saan? In my Father's kingdom. Kailan yun mangyayari? In Revelation chapter 12, after fighting and overcoming the group of the dragon, sinabi doon, Now has come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ. So ano yung ginamit nila doon sa pag-fight and overcome? The blood of the Lamb. So isipin natin, nag-iwan si Jesus ng prophecy or ng pangako 2,000 years ago. At yung Passover meal na yun, at the night of Passover, was a prophecy. So that's the new covenant, the new testament. At dahil ito ay pangako, sabi niya, babalik siya, he will come again. For what For what purpose? To fulfill what he promised. So we believe, yes, we are living in the time of the second coming and his prophecies are now being fulfilled. Meaning, at this time, what is the flesh and blood? Para sa amin, kinakain natin, That is understanding the fulfillment of the New Testament prophecies. Again, it's okay na ginagawa natin yung pag-eat ng bread at pag-drink ng wine kasi sinabi yun at tinuro ng Panginoon Jesus. But in the Bible, there is a certain command how are we going to eat the food spiritually. In Job chapter 34 verses 3 and 4, for the ear test words As the tongue tastes food, let us discern for ourselves what is right. Let us learn together what is good. So ibig sabihin, our ears, ito yung spiritual mouth natin na kumakain ng spiritual food. Yeah. Look at Insta. Abby's on fire. Woo! Uh, Ryan, are we doing good? Brother J. Paul? Yeah, <laughs> 
very enlightening. No, I, no very yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought Ryan would be the perfect guest since he is in the food industry. And I knew that today's parables had something to do with food. So, yeah, I mean, you know, right. Like, have you ever thought of that concept of like, yes, with our mouth, we eat food. But in the Bible, it says that with our ear, we taste words. Yeah. Well, I, I think the, 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 the symbolism, symbolism there is, uh, is that it's nourishment. So it doesn't matter whether it's for your eyes, your ears, uh, your nose, or your mouth. Um, it's, it's what it serves for in terms of the, the sense uh, that, that it's particularly directed to. Do you yeah, Brother right. Jay, that's what they say pag, uh, during the communion bayon. Because before I used to memorize, na memorize ko yun eh, sinasabi ng pare. Diba? Yes. Sinasabi ng pare yun, diba? Uh, ano ba to? This is the blood of the new covenant, ganyan-ganyan. Yeah, yeah. So, I'd, like my, again, uh, I never really understood it, like having been to Catholic, Catholic Mass so many times yeah, yeah, na na-memorize ko na siya. Ano ba talaga ang version ng, ano understanding ng Catholic tungkol doon? No, it's, it's really called the scandal of incarnation. Eh. That is what makes Christianity as a whole, eh, as a prop, yung mainstream Christianity, that's what makes Christianity different from all religions. So basically, you know, in, in I'll just go to and, and expound through concepts na like before pag 40 ka you're old and you're gonna die di ba? and then because of modern medicine industrial revolution it became 60 <laughs> sorry pero di ba ganun, ganun no. natin, di you ba? and I both <laughs> not, not I mean di ba 60 kaya 60, 60 65 now you retire 60 65 kasi you're ready to die di ba? pero now that's why people are getting into debt because people are dying at 80, 85. So you actually need to raise the life expect yung, yung retirement. Because you know, diba? people are ex- are extending. We're living their longer. Life. Yeah. Yeah. And and we're also always, Pansinya, we're always trying to look, go stronger, trying to look younger. It's been a human condition to be better than who we are. Like kaya nga, hindi ka post ng pangit mong photo, diba? Or or you know, e- even your food. You wanna take a photo and 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 make it look good. So we are always, pansinin mo lang, from all religion, all history, we're always trying to level up. Diba? Even Buddha trying to achieve nirvana, ganyan. But then here comes a religion when all, all the ancient world was sacrificing things. They would sacrifice lamb. Why? Because yun yung common sa Middle East. <laughs> Kasi di siya makamatay ka agad eh. I- compared sa Mexico, iba ang, iba ang incident sacrifice sa, sa-, sa Southern Americans, Southern America, South America, sorry. Kasi i- i- iba-iba yung what is common in that geographic territory. That's a lot of socks, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here comes, it, the typology comes in, first is Abraham. It, it was a sacrifice mo. He he was representing, diba? Abraham as God, and then yung anak niya si Isaac. Yun, he was rep- he was already representing, and then so on and so on. There's always gonna be a sacrifice. But in our faith, the one who will create the sacrifice, the prime mover, will be God. Even if ikaw nagkasala, siya ang hahabol sa'yo. 
she will make the sacrifice to repair the relationship. So basically, that's the whole concept. And, and that's why it's called the scandal of incarnation. Why? Oh, my God died for me. Yeah. Uh, like, people died like fairly common <laughs> nung time na yun. Di ba? But what is really scandalous that there's a God that goes down to earth to be with people, to be in dearth. Kaya Isaiah 53, one of my favorite all-time chapters in the Bible. Um, and then yun. So, So from there, if you understand that, the now going to yung sinasabi ni Insta Abby, John chapter 6, and so on and so forth, that has moved that God was teaching us, receive the Eucharist. Receive the Eucharist. Bakit? Because every Eucharist, Jesus sacrifices himself for us to live, to give us life. Bakit mo kailangan makatanggap ng material? Kasi you're still flesh and bones. Even if you are spirit, As long as you are living in a material world, there is a material you that needs to be fed, that needs to sleep, that needs to poop. You have these needs. So God will meet you where you are. Kaya nga siya bumaba. Kasi hindi tayo makaangat. So God will meet you where you are. So He meets you through that physical Eucharist that transforms when you consume it, it then becomes your spiritual food. And yeah, so I guess where where it deviates um, with with what NHNE is is teaching in a sense is that uh, we we are just really more focused on at least the you know Catholic evangelical um, you know mga yan. <laughs> It's more of like we're focused on okay, we need to give the we need to build God's kingdom and not really worry about second coming. Like, if it comes, okay. Great. Pero kung hindi, hindi. Mas focus lang on that on that mission of, oh, we're gonna evangelize, we're gonna evangelize, we're gonna do the Great Commission, which is in Matthew 28. So, it's basically the... Dun, dun siya pinaka, I think, napansin ko sa lahat na napag-usapan natin in terms of missional. Dun talaga nag, nagkaroon ng difference na the focus is, you know, baptize, uh, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. So so that's that's the major um I guess based on all um that you know I've read from the the documents of NHNE and and here in Narrow Door. Thank you, but, thank you. Thank you. But, but we are making disciples and we are trying to create the kingdom of God here on earth for that time when God will now like come down. Heaven will come down. Right. I don't know if you're Second familiar coming. with this. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar, but like the promise in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, the ending of this is that heaven is coming down, right? So God now has to come down and dwell with a people, meaning his kingdom here on earth, right? And I think that's what you mean, Brother Jay, when you say that is the commission. We have to create that physical kingdom of God here on earth so that heaven can dwell with them, right? So we, focus is that the same doon. thing? Uh-uh. Focus But is, is that doon. what we mean? Yes, yes. We're, right? That's really our main focus. Right, right. So, and I think, um, what I because th- I think sometimes when I kind of like record our podcast and then I have to listen to it again because I have to, you know, edit here and there and stuff like that. And so I will get to listen to the conversation all over again, meaning like I will be able to kind of zoom out of it And be a spectator of the conversation, 
right? And I think sometimes we are kind of talking about the same thing, but maybe coming from like a different point of view, or sometimes I think it's like semantics a little bit. But I think with this particular conversation about the flesh and blood, right? Because I think we focus sometimes on like, is this teaching correct? Is this practice correct? But I feel like the focus is more like, where are we now in the salvation plan of God? That practice of receiving the communion is as what we Catholics call it, right? But basically eating the flesh and blood of Jesus in a physical form, that was a practice to be observed during a certain phase of the salvation plan. And I think where Sina Insta Abbey are coming from is that phase of the salvation plan is like we're transitioning now to the uh-uh. next stage because the second coming, this is the time of the second coming, is I think where you are in Stabi. Am I would you say that's correct? Yes, it's correct. But, but I'm curious to know why why are we starting to believe that we're already in that transitioning phase? Right? Is Abby? Yes, there is a prophecy like uh what Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 25. Though I have been speaking figuratively, like the parables, the figurative language, but a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my father. So that is the signal kung saan we can see that the second coming of Jesus is happening right now if the parables and the figurative languages na tinuro niya, kasi doon nakatago yung mga prophecies, ay nabibigay na ng pariwanag. Because it is Jesus who will reveal it at the time of the second coming. And there are certain events na kinakailangan kasi merong signs na binigay ang ating Panginoon. And yes, we're trying to, be, to build God's kingdom here on earth. At yun yung sinabi in Matthew chapter 28. And also, yeah, we're doing that, of course. We're evangelizing people. We're testifying the word of God. And through the word of God, creating people's spirits, hearts, and mindsets according sa image and likeness ng Diyos. But para magdwell ang kingdom of God or ang Diyos, ang buong kalangitan dito sa lupa, there are things necessary to prepare. Kaya nagbigay ang Panginoon ng prophecies, ng signs. So see this siya, nandito siya sa loob ng ng revelation. So, dun po namin to kinukuha. Ba- I mean, bakit namin to tinitestify? I have a question. Okay. So, yeah. why do you think there are a series of signs? It's Is it to remind people that, okay, uh, there's still actually a chance to turn back? Mm-hmm. To remember mm-hmm. something from happening? Uh, because if if it's already, if it's already going to be a series of events that's going to happen, uh, what is it really, what, what is it telling us? It's that, it's, it's to allow us to prepare earlier? Uh, because first thing, um, Jesus said, no one knows when is the time, only God. So even Jesus doesn't know nung sinabi niya yon, but he gave us signs. So for us to check if it is really happening na o hindi pa. So it's like a guide for us to prepare ourselves and for what? Prophecies for what? Promises are for what? John 14, 29, I have told you now before it happens 
so that when it does happen, you will believe. So what purpose? Para sa faith po natin. Kaya binigay yun ng Panginoong Yesus. Kasi, for example, promise lang. Yes, I can believe in the promise. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Believing sa mga hindi natin nakikita what we hope for. Being certain of what we hope for. That is faith. But when it actually comes, kapag natupad na yon, sabi ng Panginoon, you must believe. Kasi, sinabi ko na sa inyo, pauna pa lang. Before it happens. Yeah. So that's the purpose. Para sa faith po natin. I see. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think um hindi sina ang focus kasi ni Lord sa atin is great commission. If this if one day dumating na yung bumalik tayo sa like life for example Adam and Eve walking in the garden with Jesus like chilling like probably having milk tea and whatever kasama ng milk tea. Ramen, ramen. Probably ramen. <laughs> Ako uh shio ramen with gyoza. I mean yes I I mean I'm not I'm not canceling that I I'm not canceling that 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 will de- someday pero kasi like basically in life you can't do everything at the same I mean Ryan would know as an entrepreneur hindi pwedeng lahat ng goals mo achieve mo eh. there's a certain focus that you need that yun yung sinasabi like the diba, pastor Dennis dito kami laging aligned na the ang goal kasi natin mag-make disciples uh, yun, yun, yun yung pinaka importante like for example on, on, in business Like 60, 70%, you really focus how do you market. You really have to, you know, and take care of people. Yan yung important thing bagay sa negosyo eh. Y- yes, mm-hmm. numbers are important. The accounting, important yan. Pero kung wala kang empleyado na mag-aalaga nung you who will fight for the business, tegi yan. So for, for us, it's hindi lang ganun ka priority isipin, oh, second coming na ba o hindi? Because, Remember, it's 2,000 years. Ang dami ng dumaan na sects who declared na um, mag-second coming. Even some Catholics have said that. I mean, yeah. di ba? So, so, yun lang. So, I mean, that that's where we're coming from. I love the parallelism. Um, you used uh, running a business and being an entrepreneur. And I realized just now that a lot of things are actually, uh, they have a lot of things in common where Yes, you need to know uh, your purpose. You need to have a focus because when you have a focus, it narrows your vision because you, know, you, you, can, you can try to learn a lot of things, but it's not relevant to what you're doing. Uh, then it's, it doesn't serve your cause. Um, and you know, it, it, it's very important. It, it's very uh, interesting what you said because for us, uh, the, the biggest uh, myth in the industry, in my industry, is that you... The owners and the management have to focus on putting customers first, and I think uh, a lot of people have to do, disabuse themselves from that. Yeah. Uh, the reality is that you should put your people first because they will do that for you. So just as what you were saying, that uh, your people will help you achieve that goal. Um, yeah, and um, you know, probably the second biggest myth is that consistency in hospitality uh, come from standards or operations manuals, and the the reality they come from the culture of the people in itself. Uh, when you look at society of people, a society, a group of people is really nothing more than a, a collection of normalized averages. And this is what their normalized average was. And this is what they expected uh, their people in, in, in terms of acting and behaving. Wow. 
that was artful how we took things from bible to business and then ryan capping it off with his wisdom in running his restaurants that was very cool so uh, ryan we'll see you again next week yeah (laughs) (laughs) same time I, I, I really enjoyed having you here on um, today's episode, right? I know that this isn't exactly, you know, like your comfort zone, but oh, no, no, not a yeah. problem. Yeah, I appreciate you coming here and listening and Absolutely. yeah, giving us your input on all of these things. Okay, ramen, you should can Mendokoro ramen, but Kazunori and ramen marudori, you can check them out on Instagram. They're all on there too, right? They are. And yeah. Uh, yeah, just give us a couple of weeks and we'll open our doors to everyone for Maridori. Please come over. I'll invite you guys. Uh, come over before we open. Uh, so oh that's, my gosh! In two it's weeks. Christmas. Yeah, we can celebrate Christmas and I'll actually, I'll actually work uh, Christmas. Uh, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I won't be the doom and gloom guy anymore. <laughs> no i yeah super appreciate you being That's here awesome. right um and yeah for all of you guys who want to check out brother jay burns is not here but you know all the links are down below tina's podcast dog behind the human of course the revelation series of you have a new earth is still ongoing so catch that i think it's ending like end of december insta abby right yes december 27th that's right. Okay, so all the links are down below. Thank you so much for joining us today and join us next time for another set of parables. Bye, everybody. Take care because I care. <laughs> hey, Doritos. This is our last episode for the year. Thank you so much for being with us on this road to Revelation. We wouldn't want it any other way. We're capping off the year with a blooper reel on our YouTube channel on Monday, youtube.com slash the narrow door podcast. So please enjoy. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And we'll see you in 2022. Bye.